everyone, and welcome to a long overdue episode of the Open Africa podcast. My name is Furo, and with me I have... You have Laoluk here. Yes, as well. Awesome. So, today we'll be speaking about quite a few um, raises that have happened in the ecosystem and providing a bit more context about how these impact the ecosystem in general. Um, to kick us off, we'll be looking at guys building infrastructure in the fintech space or the yeah financial services space anyways, um, Mono and Stitch. So Mono recently ra- uh, raised, I can't remember how much. <laughs> I was going to answer then I realized I don't recall how much either. Who? 10? 15? 15. 15, yes. 15, um, Tiger led. After this is their second, I think their second African after Fair Money. Yeah. Mm. And he's supposed to come on and do this nice little rebrand. Yeah. Right after to show that, yeah. Money has entered. Money has entered. We're doing serious <laughs> stuff now. Money, they be account. No, I'm sorry. Uh, a couple weeks after, I guess, Stitch raised. Mm-hmm. And they now announced their official foray into Nigeria with Benjamin Dada as their also called country manager. I'm happy for him. I mean, to be fair, he has tried in this ecosystem. In terms of Stitch and Monu, I guess we can talk a bit more about what they do for people that don't understand. So, I mean, just provide a bit more context. Um, Mono and Stitch basically provide APIs that you can use to pull individuals' financial data from like different places. And what that does is, for instance, I think the most exciting use case for most people is lending, right? People are trying to get as much data from people so that they can lend to them and make money. Right. Any. Uh, I mean, for me, I think it's still very early for both. Very, very. Because uh, if you look at what Plaid mm-hmm. is doing right now in America, and for me, it, I think that's probably an end state. That's because they they essentially they're, they're more or less becoming like a payment gateway these days for account to account payments. Plaid, yeah, and they're also trying to give. And I know I think much earlier in the year anyways, they're trying to also now help people manage who has access to their financial data. So it's like a one-stop shop to control, like switch on and switch off access to different like institutions that have gained access to your data because yeah, in the past you really couldn't. You just sign up one once and sort of move on and then that person like almost perpetually has access to your like transaction data. I think the big worry for me is because it's largely offered most of our screen scraping. Plug? Yeah. No, like the guys here, like Mono Stitch, Okra. It changes to your thing. What's it called? Like every bank makes a change to how they log in or the APIs. Because I remember for us, with we putting 2FA. And it messed up a, bu- a whole bunch of like integration. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like got, got pointed out to me. It's like, hey, this thing is not working as it used to work. Did you guys change anything? I was like, oh, yeah, we deployed to FA last night. I was like, okay, that's why it's not working. Interesting. Because, interesting, you should say that because I was talking to one of them, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, 
they were saying how screen scraping is only like 10% of what it is that they do. And Musti, Musti was trying to explain how they do it to me one time like this a couple of months ago and I didn't really understand so I just moved on from that yeah. conversation because it was technical. So because the more or less they like call like certain APIs that you that your bank would call and collect the same information. The information you enter on it is they collect the information and pass it to those APIs that your bank would call. So it just looks like a session. Right. So I think people that have like CUDA on it, they tend to use like our web web login API. Cause they mostly it. use web. Yeah. They don't really do. Mobile. So that's kind of how I figure it out. For, because for me, I think, I mean, if, maybe this is me being a bit selfish. Is I'm, I dream of a future where banks give you direct API access to your account. A bit like how Binance gives you API access to your mm-hmm. to your Binance account, and you can plug it in on like Coinstats or yeah, and all that. If you want to do like portfolio management mm-hmm. on. I think that's what open banking is supposed to do. So I think that's because it's something, it's like a pet project that I've had as well. That's like, might as well just give it. But anyway, if any of the guys are listening, if they want to have that proper conversation on it, I'm actually very open to it. What's your Twitter handle? (laughs) I'm joking. Anyways, moving on Sparkle and Brass. Um, So Sparkle recently raised about 3.1 million dollars um largely led by local when i say local i mean like nigerian <laughs> capital why are you laughing <laughs> because nosa has a lot to say about I, it i have i have feelings and we've, brass we've raised 1.7 million dollars but please nosa you're one i'm happy for brass uh-huh. because you know i feel like he deserves it it's a very nice looking product uh as they also did a little nice rebrand after they raised change font and everything. I thought that was pretty sweet. They had like a cute video. As for Sparkle, uh, for me, it's if this was another person, mm, I'll see it as a win. But I'm just going to be blunt as hell here. Leadway was their lead guy. <laughs> Leadway lead. <laughs> Leadway was lead, led the You're round. Leading the was leading the way. <laughs> and for me, I just kept thinking, I was like, are we all forgetting that this guy was the MD of one of the biggest banks in Nigeria? Yeah. And his next venture, the round is being led by a company that was a fraction of what he used to be the MD of. Uh, I don't know what, I mean, I just hope everybody's like, uh, it's even the press release. It was just like a whole bunch of like chats. like. Mm. So I said it was intentional that they targeted local, local capital. I'm going to tell you for free. That's <laughs> that's. What was I written on Apple Podcast? <laughs> Maybe you blipped that out. No, but we need to target as expensive. Oh, um, <laughs> so the thing is, the thing for me is, I think with Sparkle, they struggled to find product market fit because I think from the beginning, you know. I was seeing a lot of press around, oh, this person is sparkling, this person is sparkler. You get but like, we didn't really understand. They never the said what the product was. was. Yeah. I took I think it took them quite a while, almost two years or even three years. Took, I don't know how long, but it's been a while, right? I was still a stomach employee when they started that yeah. thing. And they I think they finally zeroed in on the problem they want to solve. 
I don't know that the solution is. Oh, and and freshly, they mentioned something about oh, people have side hustles and they want to manage everything in one app. And it's like, oh, okay, so you mean like a toggle to switch between accounts? Mm. That's your value innovation, your value prop that people have a toggle to switch between accounts because it can be a toggle between personal and business account that's your selling point, or can, that can be your thing, that can be the story you're selling. Um, like I said before, he was the MD of one of the biggest banks in this country. And he transitioned. I guess that thing go. There were issues, obviously. That didn't go too well. He transitioned and wanted to start his own thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess I would have. Ex- I just expected a bit more from the product. Because uh, he had like a head start. He got his visa thing really early. He didn't have to have like his MFV license thing came in early. Like access gave him concessions when you're starting a lot of things. Like they didn't make him jump through as many hoops, obviously for obvious reasons. Like the rest of us civilians had to and you come to the market and it's just this project product that's flat i mean account upgrade for sparkle was this year like a couple months ago it was like a feature oh we have done kyc you cannot upgrade to i'm like man so see the thing for me is that i look at it from perspective of the fact that he had been previously a bank md could almost actually work against work in like against his progress because like it or not probably still carries a lot of traditional thinking in terms of just how you target like product development your product roadmap and all of that like yes it would be good if you got younger like not necessarily younger people but like people that are more experienced in how to build truly tech forward products and businesses and work with those people to achieve his vision because clearly he has a vision right he has a great like sparkle solving for businesses and all of that great idea but then the journey and to the actually approach to, to actually solve yeah. the problem it's just it just feels so off to me like there's a it could have been it's something that could have been huge for me is like starting back in the uk and building was like a big bank she wasn't like a bank md but she was like a top bank executive mm-hmm. where she was like she's done and she wanted to build her own thing and building starling starling is still very traditional compared to the other guys because they don't go they're not as out there as far as like marketing spend mm-hmm. or growth they're a very traditional bank in some ways that's driven by technology like it's there it's very grounded like for me it's like if Stambik lets young guys run it, mm-hmm. that's how it would be. That's how it would be. So that's how Stalin feels to me. And for me, it's like when you look at the products they launch, the product itself, it feels like a bank MD, a bank executive that's free from the shackles of traditional. Mm-hmm. And, and you doing, don't get that with Sparkle. And I'm not getting that with Sparkle. And that's my biggest worry about the product is that everything, and it's, and it's not even like. Because it, it's because I have it. It's, it is one bank. I opened it and I was like, this could have been a lot more. Like, there are so many relationships that you can leverage yeah. to take this thing to the next level. Things that a lot of us dream of. So it's like all these things like, oh, I'm raising for local investors because I believe in the thing. I was like, that's that was just Yans, I beg. Yeah. And I. <laughs> And it will be. I think it will be interesting to see, like further along the line, how that impacts ability to like raise additional like capital. 
Um, but yeah, I think we can move on from this. Are you done sharing your thoughts? I'm done sharing my thoughts. <laughs> Thank you for for PG. Yeah, for PG in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving on, Vendees. So we have spoken about Vendees when they got into the Y Combinator program um, earlier this year. And recently, they raised $3.2 million, led by Global Founders Capital, and there was participation from Y Combinator, Hustle Fund, and a couple of others. Um, they're saying they want to expand there, obviously, everybody, when you raise to expand operations, right? Um, but yeah, thoughts? They really need to leave Nigeria. Oh my god. Yes, because I'm looking at this model, and it's very interesting to me, online marketplace that allows restaurants and other food businesses to buy supplies straight from manufacturers and farms and then obviously to the businesses like buying directly from the manufacturers and the farms it helps to drive down the the costs mm-hmm. significantly but it's such a good business in a useless country god because <laughs> in my mind i'm imagining this thing in south africa and it's like these guys will be minting money and they will not even have to leave the country yeah and another thing that I'm seeing is that there's a lot of capital. And I think if you have a good product, just build it. Just try. It's, it's looking like capital is finding the people that, that, that have sense and are, and are youngins. Because, you know, we had had that conversation about how it seems like, at least from what we can see, it looks like some a certain demographic of founders are struggling to raise capital in the market. I mean, perhaps if that's not something we want to talk about here, but... Uh, that's an offline discussion. <laughs> I don't have that discussion on here. But it, I My think, point is that, build it. You will find your capital. I was thinking about this thing the other day, about how product in, in Nigeria, if you do the bare minimum, you're already better than average. If you actually like take your time and do something good, you, you stand out so much that money will chase you. I think so. The thing is, again, in like on the global land, on the global scale, people are chasing returns. Your traditional investment options will not give you the kinds of returns that investing early in a in a technology startup or will give you. Like right now, the places where you can get the biggest returns is that crypto or invest in one tech company and hope that they'll blow. So there's a lot of capital that is looking for. A home. Yeah, a home to blue. <laughs> so right now is a good time. And that is why whenever I see people saying, oh, founders are raising too quickly or founders are raising too much. I mean, most other thing for me is don't over dilute your personal equity too early. But if the capital is knocking on your door. Take it, man. It's... And these Vendis guys, they don't even look like, they don't look like, young beings at all they look like really experienced guys because for me it's like it's it's momentum yeah especially with raising like if yeah. you know you need that money you need to have momentum you need to yeah. be doing something yeah and you're like you should be up doing one or two things <laughs> <laughs> like so on the thing on momentum it's like that initial buzz right if you miss that and you can't sustain that buzz even if you're doing the work it's almost as if and it might be that capital is a bit vain <laughs> But then, yeah, it's a bit vain. But then, if you're not able to sustain, because I mean, you look at some companies, they're spending ridiculous amounts on just their comms and media to make sure that they're constantly out there being known for doing. And it's not because they just want to be out there making noise, 
they have their target market. It's not the customer. So. It's a different. It's a different game. Yeah. And I think that's what even like regular day to day to day people don't even get it. Like startup raises and mm-hmm. announcing is. It's a different ballgame. It's signaling. It's signaling. <laughs> and it's like, when because I, I hear people say, oh, they're never profitable, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, one that profitability Nine, thing is, it, is we'll a get very, it's a small market, the small market thinking, where it's like, oh, from day one, I need to be making one hour of every, it's like, people that are giving money don't really care about these things. They just want you to grow. They just want it to be, to be big enough. And if you're not shiny and attractive, Miss you miss it. You become a boring business. Yeah. yeah, and nobody wants to invest in any boring business, anyways. Um, even if the business is doing boring things, but like making it look nice. With, it's a perfect segue mm-hmm. into Capricorn and MFS Africa. MFS Africa. Mm-hmm. Because Capricorn, in my mind, was a boring business. Super agent. Can you give a bit of context to Capricorn and what they do? So they're like a super agent, like the agency banking business. Agency banking business in itself is boring. Yeah. Because we don't see it. It's not sexy. Town, it's not sexy. It's, it's not, not a nice Twitter app. business. It's not a Twitter It's not like on, you don't have a nice app. There's nothing like yeah. engaging. It's deep down grunt work in the end. Mm-hmm. And Capricorn Digital had been doing like some really like solid work, but it was very... Under the radar. Under the because, radar, traditional. Yeah. It's, like, it's only like until Team App enters that space. Where it's like money points and it's like oh pop because guys like eTransact, InterSwitch have been doing this thing for a while, connecting last mile, like making their commissions. It's, but it just wasn't wasn't sexy. And I think they meet like they have like the perfect partner or the perfect acquirer in MFS Africa, which is also a big business, profitable. But also not very sexy like a flutter wave or a pay stack in that regard like you're not seeing them doing like artwork i'll be out from what's the thing that pay stack is doing they're not getting like an editorial team and doing content marketing or that thing but they're there they're doing like deep work like they do they process netflix payments like friends in kenya i believe in east africa you mean mfs yeah so they do like lots of big infrastructure digital payment digital payment like back office very the things that nobody wants the to things do that it. nobody wants to do but <laughs> everybody wants to build on top yeah so like mfs meeting capricorn digital is like oh my god we're meant for each other Matching it, yeah, yeah. Right. and it's like an all cash deal so that guy too has the capricorn guys like chopped out like swans in the bank <laughs> it's like ah, someone someone else has carried this basic from my head <laughs> Because it's not easy building those businesses. It's not. It's not easy at all, especially when you need to raise. Because people don't really, especially I think international capital does not necessarily understand the nuances of the African market, and does not understand that. I guess some, anyways, don't understand that the models that you see in other countries may not. You won't find exactly the same thing yeah. here. You kind of have to dig a bit deeper, spend some time in the ecosystem, get to know. The key ecosystem players educate yourself. You the only person I think that was done like made like agency banking sex is Sendwave, I'd be wave. Wave, yeah. Because it's essentially like an agency banking business, but then they've like morphed like always oh, a digital bank, always oh, blah blah blah. And it's like, oh we're going to do lending, oh we're going to do investment, but and you just like puff it up on 
back in terms like we're competing with mobile money competing in person then it's like oh, okay this is an attractive yeah. attractive company here yeah i think we should probably do an episode on just like packaging in the ecosystem <laughs> i mean it's, it's a joke but it's very you have to be able to tell a story yeah it's a very very key component of this thing is yeah. that you have to be able to tell a story that people can a believe compelling in a story. compelling story that's like okay if this pans out it could be a massive company i will make a lot of money versus saying oh i'm just trying to do my job or just trying to because a lot of the unsexy startups that are doing really good work is that it's they're very functional it's mm-hmm. like we do a job we connect point a to point b that's it and we do it very well and we do it very well and it's like okay that's reliable old reliable but a guy that comes and is like I could possibly get to point A to point B, but think about point C and point D mm-hmm. and point E. Those are places I want to go to. And it's like, ah, this guy has ambition, he has vision. And if it clicks, it's going to be We're massive. We're all happy. We're all happy. If it doesn't click, it's like, eh, just a little. It's like one million, two million, I lost, whatever. My fund is how many billion? I don't really care. Keep it moving. And keep it moving. Versus the guys that is like point A to point B and has been going that route every day successfully. 99% uptime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we should definitely explore that episode. Anyways, now I think we'll just cap it at move. Oh. Yeah, so I mean, I remember as far back as when I first moved to Lagos um, after NYC, um, how like the Uber drivers would always be talking to me, especially when they found out I worked in a bank. They'd be like, oh, is there any loan you can give me? I'm just like, bro. <laughs> so pro, I don't give you anything. <laughs> I can't really have that conversation, please. I like my job. Um, and it was a recurring theme like throughout my career in the bank. And it was, I mean, there were conversations that were had, but I don't think anybody actually ever spent the time trying to look into the problem and solve for the problem. You checked out from the initial risk assessment bit. Yeah. Like that first risk as, oh, you want to give, you want to build a lease to own model for uber drivers everybody just defaults to cynicism like, ah, they run away. you know it's funny because now it's like such a no-brainer business it's always it, it has no-brainer. always been a no-brainer business but you know the thing you know the thing about bank capital is that one it's not very it's not patient capital that's one two it's very cautious capital so if there's even the slight risk that this person can you disappear everybody just backs off no but think about it now it's like a salary back loan where it's like you domicile the salary in your in your bank and that's your protection it's like uber will domicile the payment like big bank could afford to have that conversation with uber when uber is starting it's like we'll domicile the payments if you if you pay them at in gtb for example we'll give all your drivers a line of credit or we'll finance the cars let and me talk like the risk person so what happens if the person has an issue with Uber and he can't drive again and he stops making money. What happens if they sack me for my job? Fair, fair enough. I mean, fair it's, enough. It's, you just have to think of Uber as a big employer. Yeah. And these are Uber's employees. But that's the thing. With, with, with the one about your, your job, right? There is that association that the employers make with the employees that I'm not certain Uber is willing to make that nah, connection. So like you now, so I think that argument, are you a contractor or are you this or that's you true. that? That's true. So like now, Uber is a bit more, but in the beginning when Uber was trying to make inroads, I know they tried to talk to lots of banks 
to like do things directly mm-hmm. with them, especially with facilitating payments on the app. Because back then it was still very early days as far as online payments. So a lot of the Uber was, I think the payment processing, Fortel have not even taken it yet. So there's lots of opportunities for banks because even Paga got a thing with Uber now. So yeah, don't get me wrong. Paga. I agree with you. It's a no-brainer pro- product, and it's something that Fura and I actually even talked about at some point. You know, because all you needed was like the bank business, like oh, this is a big, big global startup trying to enter Nigeria. This is just enter inside. You know what the market needs? It needs this, but not with Uber drivers, with everyday folks. Somebody needs to start financing, like vehicle acquisition because it gets more and a car is a utility and it's becoming more and more and it's not a utility in that sense like there's value there's value to be derived from it is what i'm trying to say anyway, that's and not everybody to move it's becoming difficult um, sure. what move does so move their fleet manager like uber's biggest fleet manager and essentially move does lease to own with uber drivers mm-hmm. uh so if you've seen like those white innocent uh just tiny innocent cars all over lagos that are ubers if you've probably even entered one because i think like either between five to seven out of ten uber drivers in in lagos are powered by move essentially it's, it's they've done this business that we're calling no-brainer raised money for it acquired the cars and the drivers are, are riding around paying because when Uber is paying Move, Move is settling them less how much they owe Move, which is what banks should have been doing because banks have the accounts. They didn't need like a third party, a to, third party to sit in the middle. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, we banks have left a lot on the. On They've the table. left a lot of money on the table. It left a lot, and money. it's a, it's it's what it's what happens when you don't like adjust to the times. You, you acknowledge the times, but you're acknowledging it, but you're not adjusting, adjusting to, to it. it. Because for if anybody rode an Uber for a while, for a period where it was, it even, was a it's very simple. Like, ac- to be fair, sorry to cut you off. Thinking about it now, it was a very simple qualification model to do. Pass Uber just. Test. You, Exactly. Once you've passed Uber's checklist and you've driven on Uber for a while and you don't own a car. Yeah, and you don't own a car. You just apply all the other variables, you do the crediting flows, you look at all the men. So there's even another opportunity is where people where drive where Uber drivers used to push for cash trips mm-hmm. because they lacked floats to liquidity to like just pay for fuel and all that kind mm-hmm. of thing. That was an opportunity for a line of credit for Uber drivers. Yes. And an overdraft. An overdraft. I mean... 15 days, 30 days. Now, Uber and Bolt are not so big on it. 10k limits. Because Low they've risk. gone to find their own solution. I know Bolt, for example, has solved... They'll probably roll it at some point this year. A liquidity management thing for Bolt drivers. But the opportunity was there for years. Mm-hmm. And if we rode in a Bolt... I had a bolt decline you for this day because when I started Akuda, it was one of the first ideas I had, and I, I remember I, I somehow somehow we got in touch with the bolt guys, and the only thing that I, that didn't click was because we we're like three months old. Mm. They were like, "Come on, like come on, guys!" <laughs> like we we didn't even have like credit algorithm or mechanism, whatever. We we're like, ah, "This is an opportunity that we need to yeah. enter because you could, it was so obvious." 
But see, the thing is that it was obvious to you, it was obvious to all of us, because we ride in Uber and we ride in both. The decision makers in most of these banks, they're being chauffeur driven. These are not experiences that they deal with on a day to day. Do you get what I mean? So, yeah, everybody's reality, I guess, plays a part in deals and all Man, that. This is and just. There's a lot of money banks, like the big banks, are leaving on the table. Like, this move thing is something that a bank could have done as a business Easy. line. And this, this, when this one that Chevron is doing, GTCO, this could have been his own one vertical Uber driver lending. <laughs> GTCO. We laugh, but it's a big, it's for having a big lending portfolio. Yeah. At least it will supplement whatever you have in the retail space. Yeah, and it's not necessarily and just yeah. Uber, right? It's just vehicle and asset, like vehicle and asset finance in general. It's, so you know, this even reminds me of Piggy Vest, like early days of Piggy Vest, where uh, I believe what's called Stambic, Stambic had talks. Oh my god. And those things took like a year. <laughs> and I don't think any, well, nothing came out of it. One might say I don't think anything. If something came out of it, I've seen announcements. We don't speak about it. Please. But I'm mean, thinking that those same guys probably see Piggy Vest. Doing marketing, doing Abeg on Big Brother, and those same decision makers like, ah, why can't we work with these guys? And in my mind, I'm sure it's like these guys are in your office. Mm-hmm. They probably won't even take your call now, but they were in your office when they were very young. And yeah, or uh, stockbroking. Would you stand big stockbroking? Would you think they have entry fee to, <laughs> to zero yeah. to zero trade zero so naira? Five thousand, so five million. No, yes, yeah, so yeah, five, five million. million. Five thousand, and then now zero. Zero. Yeah. And it's like you could have done this a long time ago. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, anyway. I think it's a good place to end the episode. Yeah. Um. Thank you all for listening, and until the next episode, take care. <laughs>